0: Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life, and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee Spreading freedom across the nation, this
1: is The Buck Sexton Show. And hello everybody and welcome back to The Buck Sexton Show. Charlie Harari here, filling in for Buck. Hope everyone's well. Happy beginning of March, beginning of spring coming your way. Spent hour one talking about Donald Trump and his speech last night, why it was, I think, momentous. And what he's planning on doing in the next um, you know, few months and years to make true of his, of his agenda and of what he's going to be ultimately delivering for the country. But one of the things that I think gets lost when you see something of this, of this magnitude is the style. Right? We get sometimes too caught up in, in, in the weeds, if you will. And when Jake Novak was on last time, we spent a little bit of time talking about some of you know, the, the, the areas that surround the speech. And we sometimes forget to pay attention to that. And that's really everything, right? What's What really happened last night wasn't just a conversation about immigration or tax reform or infrastructure or fighting terrorism. And if all we do is walk away from a speech like that and hear those specifics, we sort of miss the point. What happened last night came together, and congealed into something that was even bigger. And what I'd like to do in this hour is really identify some of those moments. Because when you go back to your life, when you're listening today to the radio, and you're asking yourself how I can be more productive, how I could be more effective in what I am doing, you'll get those lessons much less from the tax plan that Donald Trump comes up with you'll get those lessons from understanding the, the, the thinking behind all of the advisors around someone at the level of a president. We don't take advantage enough of some of these more internal lessons that are being used to employ larger strategies. And as a result, we miss some of the most important stuff, right? Perception, shaping reality is the story of last night's speech. It's not the specifics. His goal last night was to stand before a nation and tell the nation, you'll forget half of what I tell you in the next two hours, by the morning for sure, but what you'll remember is how you felt with me standing behind this podium, in this room, in front of the entire political establishment cheering for me, And me coming across as being confident and all together. The perception. And by the way, look at the markets today. Look at what's going on today in Wall Street. They're responding to that perception. They're responding to that feeling of confidence. And you personally, in your life, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing in your life, in your family, in your job, in your business, in your church whatever you're doing out there today, your leadership is being defined not necessarily by what you say, it's by how you say it, by how you react, by what you do in crisis, by what you do when people push back on you, by how you articulate things to people that are your detractors, by the confidence that you show, like I said last in the last hour, when you're the parent driving the car, the confidence you show changes the feelings of the kids in the back. And that, by the way, is true in, in everything that you do in life. Perception shapes reality. And when you see a presidential address, and when you see a presidential candidate, what you're not seeing, but what we need to see, Is what's really going on the fight in our minds for is the perception positive do I feel comfortable and confident and if you do it has real tangible benefits it will change whether you as a business owner will make a few new hires it'll change you as an individual whether you'll make that purchase that you may not be able to necessarily afford but feel like you'll make more money in the future that's all based on how you feel about the economy, about the government, about our future. Because perception shapes reality. And what happened last night was more than just a few words. What happened last night was a game of emotion evoking. And when you can see last night from that perspective, it opens up a new world for us to learn from. And I I want to hit on one piece of last night. And you notice last night, I think, came down to one moment. It was the moment that transcended the speech from being about policy to being about person. It was the moment that we felt proud. I think it was the moment that made the speech. right? And if you remember last night, what you'll remember is halfway through, Donald Trump turned around and addressed a woman named Corinne Owens. She was the widow. She is the widow. Of U.S. Navy Special Operator Senior Chief William Ryan Owens. Ryan died in a commando raid in Yemen that took place in January on Trump's order. And at some midway through his speech he turns and dresses her and here's what he says.
2: The challenges we face as a nation are great but our people are even greater and none are greater or braver than those who fight for America in uniform. We are blessed to be joined tonight by Corinne Owens, the widow of U.S. Navy Special Operator, Senior Chief William Ryan Owens. Ryan died as he lived, a warrior and a hero, battling against terrorism and securing our nation. I just spoke to our great General Mattis, just now, who reconfirmed that, and I quote, Ryan was a part of a highly successful raid that generated large amounts of vital intelligence that will lead to many more victories in the future against our enemy. Ryan's legacy is etched into
1: eternity. Thank you. you. So, I want to explain what happened just now and I want to sort of take it down piece by piece and if you if you haven't done it until now, I would highly recommend you taking whatever time you have right now, even as I'm talking right, and Googling this, or maybe not as I'm talking, right, as soon as I'm done, in the break. Just YouTube this clip of the Navy SEAL moment. And here's what you're going to find. And if you noticed in that clip that we just played for you, there were two pieces when they started to clap. And the first piece was when Donald Trump basically just called out Corinne and thanked her for Ryan's service and people started clapping and we cut a little bit of that clapping here because we wouldn't have you sit there and listen to clapping for 40 seconds or so but what you what happened at that moment was the entire crowd erupted in applause for this wonderful woman and I, I just go to it and check it out because you'll see something amazing everyone in that room stood up unfortunately some people didn't clap which is a whole nother discussion and Mrs. Owens sat there and just took it all in, in tears, sitting the entire time. And as that moment hit, I thought to myself, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? It's what it's all about. It's about gratitude to those people that are sacrificing their life for this country. It's about recognizing that we may disagree on a lot of stuff. I mean a lot. We may decide that using money for this is a good idea or a bad idea. And spending money on education or military cuts or military reform. Whatever the things are that we have in our lives. And we may go every single day. There's a famous quote by Chuck Schumer who said, like, he was on in front of, I remember he was giving a speech in front of Congress about something, and he said, I've had a very, very difficult day, you know, it's it's hard, you know, you have to sacrifice for this country, and a former Marine got up and goes, you know, Mr. Senator, I don't think you know what sacrifice is. And I don't mean to downplay people that are working hard, but there's working hard, and they're sacrificing your life for this country. They're sacrificing life and limb because you believe that what we have going for us is the most important thing in the world. And what gives us the ability to sit in a chamber and fight over whether or not money should be spent on one particular program or another particular program or fight as to whether or not we should allow these many people in or these many people in really pales in comparison to the sacrifice that goes on every single day on the battlefield and we and we forget this. And by the way not every country does. There are countries around the around the world where you see soldiers walking through the streets all day. Not soldiers that are coming back. Soldiers that are patrolling. There are countries around the world right now where everybody goes into the military when you're when you're at high school. You know, Israel is one of those countries where when you come out of high school for the most part, everyone's going to the military and the entire country feels like it's filled with military presence. Our country, in many ways, has been fighting battles overseas, and we lose sight of that. It's not in our face constantly. And as a result, it's easy for us to forget the people that are deservant of our highest level of gratitude. And every time we see a story about some veteran hospital that leaves veterans unattended to, we look at it and go, this is just wrong. Forget politics it's wrong and by singling out the widow and thanking her for the death of one person one soldier what Donald Trump did that moment for me and go back and watch the clip and you can see her face and you can see her pain and you can see and this happened in January we're in March you can see the pain of a woman and I think she has three kids Losing the love of her life, getting that call in the middle of the night that the person that she's going to spend her whole life with is no longer here because he sacrificed his life for an ideal, for a country. And watching her in that pain and watching the entire country basically with its representatives for one moment applaud her on behalf of her husband, does something that politics can never do it makes us human and when you can make somebody or something human when you can express gratitude what you do is you take anything that's in your world and you elevate it when you're able to be grateful for what you have when you're able to be grateful to somebody else you take the conversation and you elevate it you unify it When you're in a family and you can't be grateful to your own parents for what they do for you, even if they're imperfect, or your children, or your spouse, when you're at a job and you have no capacity to be grateful to the people around you, if you're leading anything in the world and you can never pull back and show gratitude for those that sacrifice, even if the sacrifice isn't necessarily as great as that of a Navy SEAL, you keep the conversation to be very base and mundane. And people start to be bitter and they fight. But if you elevate it up a notch, you show how human you are. You show how we're all connected at the end of the day. You show how all of the stuff that we're fighting about is is inconsequential and in compared to people that are so much more important and do so much more. When you can elevate a conversation to being grateful for something or someone else does... You show true leadership because you get to unify people. And it's not just a distraction to the policy. And it's not just, well, this is something that he had to do. And if anybody sees last night's speech and says it was a gimmick or a trick, they're missing the entire point. That was the moment. Everything else is the distraction. Everything else is how you have to navigate your life. What makes this country this country was that moment. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what he said next and why what Donald Trump said second that I'm going to replay, or I'll say it, caused Ms. Owens to jump up and clap and how that is actually the most important things you could do to somebody in pain. This is all coming up when we come back. This is Charlie Harari, sitting in for Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged. It's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life and that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee
1: And welcome back. Charlie Harari filling in for Buck. Hope everyone's doing well. Talking about Donald Trump's move last night and his incredible ability to show some gratitude to a Navy SEAL that died in a commando raid in Yemen in January. And what I wanted to sort of bring up in in the few minutes I have left before the end of this half hour is something that I think is important for everybody to realize, especially if you're dealing with pain or you're talking to someone that's in pain. And he did it last night, and and you may miss it. So I'm telling you, as soon as I'm done with the show, Google this, YouTube it, and watch it, because you'll see it. You see him saying thank you, and everybody claps, and she sits there crying. And then he says that he spoke with the general, and they, in the process of the raid, they uncovered viable information that's going to protect American interests and and save lives going forward. Ryan's legacy is etched into our eternity. Right? He says that to her and the place erupts again, but this time it's different. Watch it. It's amazing. This time his widow, Ms. Owens, gets up and starts to clap like real the first time she sat and she was basically just crying. And the second time she stood up and she started really clapping loud. And you can see a total change in her and how she responded to it and I thought to myself that was so incredible because the greatest pain someone has when they lose somebody or in life is purposelessness I just made up that word it's when things have no purpose meaningless that was the word I was looking for meaningless when someone passes away when someone is in pain and that pain can go from you stub your toe until you lose someone you love what feels worse than the loss is meaninglessness what do they stand for what's the purpose of it why did I lose them and when you live a life of purpose and when you can show somebody the purpose of their pain to get stronger to get better when you can show somebody what they've done in their lives is etched into eternity the way Donald Trump said it you're not just saying thank you it's a much different game you're not just saying thanks which is important you're giving them hope. You're giving purpose to the pain, and you can see it from the widow. Google it; it's incredible. She jumps from her chair, and starts to clap because what she what he did for her, on national on a national stage, was gave her husband's death purpose. His death wasn't random. His death will lead to the saving of lives going forward. His death, and watch the words, was etched in eternity. This, by the way, is, I don't know how somebody who's not in, but doesn't have faith goes through these times. Because you can see her looking up into heaven and saying, I'm with you, baby. I'm with you. Because what Donald Trump gave her last night wasn't just a little bit of gratitude. What he gave her last night was some purpose for her pain. She's struggling and she's in pain. And I've got to tell you, it's all fine and good when we watch it, but we don't go home with her that night and we don't watch her in the car and we don't watch her the next morning when she's trying to get breakfast done for the kids and put them on the bus and send them to school. And we don't, we're not with her for Christmas or for weddings when she goes alone. That woman's in pain. But when you can hand somebody a little purpose, when you can share something about somebody else or even about what they're going through and give it some purpose, you give them more than just the gratitude. You let them feel like what they're going through has a reason. And if we have purpose, us humans can go through anything. We can go through hell and high water if you just give us a reason. And I think when I walked away from that, it made me think about my purpose. And I think you should think about your purpose. Living a life at that standard. Living a life with that Navy SEAL, that motto, that sacrificing for what we believe in. Because at some point we're all going to pass away, and hopefully that someone will see the purpose in our actions. This is Charlie Harari. When we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about public speaking, a move that Donald Trump made that you should use in your life, and how it was very, very effective. This is Charlie Harari filling in for Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back.
0: The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Dispensing the truth. This is Buck Sexton
0: on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Charlie Rari sitting in for Buck Sexton. I hope everybody's well. Spent a little bit of time today dissecting the various components of the Donald Trump speech last night and how important it was, both from a policy perspective, the substance of what's going to be taking place next year and the impact that it's going to have on our lives, but in many ways, maybe more importantly, on the style and some of the techniques along the way. Because... As you look at your life and as you try to implement things that'll make your life better, sometimes the best lessons you can learn are from the people that are at the top. And you can be sure that Donald Trump didn't just write a speech in shorthand. You can be sure that he employed the greatest to help him craft a speech that was gonna be, I think, maybe the most at least into this point, the defining moment of his presidency. And I want to share something to do with this bottom half of the hour, um that I think I I mean, I've heard the million times. This is advice that I've gotten from coaches and public speakers across the country. I've had the opportunity to speak in different parts of the country. And when you get to get up on these platforms, you get to hang out with some of the best speakers in the world. And you get to sort of get their strategies strategies and their tactics. This is number one. So what you're going to hear right now is number one on the list of strategies for becoming more persuasive and effective which is maybe more important than anything that we learned last night from the speech because that'll go but what you're gonna become in hearing these things and being able to learn from somebody something beyond just the substance may last you and may give you much more than what you can get otherwise and what happened last night was incredible and Donald Trump employed a very specific technique mostly throughout his speech. And I want to play you a clip, and I want to share with you the technique, and I want to teach it to you so that today you can use it and for the rest of your life, and hopefully you'll stay in touch with me, and you'll say, Hey, Charlie, remember I heard that show on March 1st? My gosh, it really helped me. Midway through the speech, he, he, Trump calls out someone named Monica Crowley. I'm sorry, Megan Crowley. Megan Crowley, someone who was diagnosed with the Pompeii disease, a very rare and serious illness when she was 15 years old. She wasn't expected to live past five, but her, her, her dad, Megan's dad, John, did everything that he could and literally founded a company to look for a cure that helped save her life. And now she's 20 and a sophomore at Notre Dame. Listen to this.
2: True love for our people requires us to find common ground to advance the common good, and to cooperate on behalf of every American child who deserves a much brighter future. An incredible young woman is with us this evening, who should serve as an inspiration to us all. Today is Rare Disease Day, and joining us in the gallery is a rare disease survivor, Megan Crowley. Megan. Megan was diagnosed with Pompe disease, a rare and serious illness, when she was 15 months old. She was not expected to live past five. On receiving this news, Megan's dad, John, fought with everything he had to save the life of his precious child. He founded a company to look for a cure and helped develop the drug that saved Megan's life. Today, she is 20 years old and a sophomore at Notre Dame. (laughs) Megan's story is about the unbounded power of a father's love for a daughter. But our slow and burdensome approval process at the Food and Drug Administration keeps too many advances, like the one that saved Megan's life, from reaching those in need. If we slash the restraints, not just at the fda but across our government then we will be blessed with far more miracles just like megan
1: you catch that you see the move you see the technique because this is genius i mean this this, this is as good as it gets right what was the purpose of megan crowley's i mean she's an incredible person and god bless her and, you know, I, I got to tell you, I was crying when I saw her. And God bless her father, John. Really, I'm a dad. I When I hear a story of a dad that'll cross rivers and climb mountains for their child and do what he did, it, it makes me be proud of our species. And I hope and pray that she lives the greatest life ever. I really do. And I thought to myself, personally, I'm so happy that Someone who's who suffered a disease like this is highlighted on a national stage. And that's the truth. And that's, that's the most important part of this. But in this segment of the show, I want to teach you a technique. And what Megan's role, so to speak, what she did for Donald Trump. Again, I don't mean to be sinister about this. I just want to sort of share with you the technique. What was this whole segment about? This segment was about one thing. What was it? Right. He said it. He let it out it was about convincing the American people that government is too big. Wasn't that it? right? Wasn't that the point? Wasn't his entire point that... Isn't that his whole point in general? If you'd have to look at the top five Donald Trump things that he always says, isn't number one, two, or three, government is too slow, big, inefficient, right? The whole pass one, kill two, he is constantly, and this just sort of circles back to what Jake said on the show an hour ago about how that's what the audience wants. That's what the nation wants to hear. They want to hear what we deep down know, that when you give something to government and you look at this 500-page regulation book, you know there's something wrong. His point was government is too big, too slow, and as a result, to an effect, because he has a sledgehammer in his hand, and he is planning on chopping off the heads of lots of government regulatory agencies. Had he come out and said that, everyone would have been like, "Okay, we've heard that already." But he doesn't because he was advised. Give me a story. Give me something that I can judge for my own and then tell me and let me be the judge of whether you're right or wrong. That's what he did. He gave us a story. He gave us a story of a girl who was diagnosed with a rare disease whose father single-handedly found some cure that can keep her at a point where she's able to be a sophomore at a college in America. She was supposed to have passed away at five and then he links That too, the slow and effective regulatory heavy agency, the FDA, so that me and you can look at it and go, oh man, it's government against Megan and her father, John. What he did last night, the technique that he used last night was find the story for every argument. This is persuasive speaking 101. This, If you take this tool and put it in your quiver for the rest of your life, you will find you will become more effective any time you want to convince somebody of something. It doesn't have to be something big. It can be your boyfriend. It can be your child. It can be your boss. It can be your consumer. You find a story that they'll resonate with a story about you and your family, a story from maybe the Bible, a story about someone that you heard about that have gone through what you want to get across. You want the kids to do something and you find a story about hard work or grit. You find a story about innovation if you're speaking to your boss. You find the story about overcoming challenges if you're speaking to your friend who's having a hard time. If you want to become persuasive in what you do, don't just come out and say it. That's easy. Teach it. What Donald Trump did last night, and people say he took advantage of her. I don't think it was that sinister. He was making a point that regulations will hurt people. I'm not cutting regulations because I'm just me against politics I'm not cutting regulations, and by the way this may be I don't know I'm saying his point was I'm not cutting regulations because I got nothing better to do with my time I'm cutting regulations because it's harmful for innovation it's harmful to people and I'm not gonna tell you that straight I'm gonna show it to you Do you see that brilliance I'm going to bring somebody out that's going to, just by her very presence, get you to stand on your feet and clap. I'm going to bring out a story of a dad that on his own will inspire you just from who he is and was, or he is. And then, once you've already bought in to this incredible story, I'm going to point out the antagonist in the corner. I'm going to reveal the bad guy from behind curtain three after you're, you're standing and cheering, right? After you're wiping your eyes with tears, after you've already felt the goosebumps in the back of your neck, then I reveal, and listen to it, Google it, YouTube it, it's unreal. I'm going to reveal behind curtain three is the bad guy, the FDA. They would have stopped this. They are the reason why it's, we're not doing more of this. They are the reason why Monica, I'm sorry, I keep on saying that, I apologize, Megan Crowley's, they are the reason why the Megan Crowley's of the world don't have the support, the medicine, the treatment that they need to become successful, to become healthy, to grow and live, to overcome their challenges. That is public speaking brilliance. And if you do that, and by the way, he did it twice, right? He did it again. He did it a million times. But if you notice later when he spoke about the school voucher program, he didn't just speak about school vouchers. He brought up a woman named Denisha Merriweather, right? Someone who struggled growing up and then benefited from a program that she was able to to join outside the public school system. And he's using her, another story. They brought her out in the gallery. They stood her up. Everybody cheered. And they go, okay, it works. And then he says, school voucher programs. Because if you want to get your points across, if you want to become more effective, if you want to become more persuasive, you have to allow your listener to... Join your way of thinking without hearing your way of thinking. You see that? If right away I come out with a point, you're already responding back to my point. You're already fighting me on it. If I get up there right now and say, we need school vouchers, or we need the FDA's bad, or the government's too regulatory you know, focused, people will be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. But if I'm able to take my time and build a story around it, now you've already decided for yourself right and wrong. It's called the straw man you can be able to be much more aligned with my point. Try it on your life today and tweet me. Let me know if it works. I'm giving you homework. How do you like that? Try it on your life. You go home tonight and the next time you got to make a point, the next time you got to say anything to anybody that you have to be persuasive, try before you make your point to think of a story that the person that's listening would resonate with that will show your point and you'll see that your effectiveness will go up. Unbelievably. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about a lesson that I saw this week from the Oscars debacle and what we can take in every single one of our lives to make sure that we never end up like that PWC employee that literally is the talk of Tinseltown. This is Charlie Harari filling in for Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Blaze Radio Network.
0: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to the show. Charlie Harari here, filling in for Buck. Thanks so much for taking the time to stick with me throughout this show. An honor to be sitting in his chair. Buck's such a great guy, and his audience is absolutely incredible. Just to go back a little bit, we spoke about, you know, we we began the show with this idea of the power of communication and the importance of that, and I think that most of us don't fully appreciate that. If you have to learn nothing from last night's um, performance from Donald Trump, learn the following. That just when everything seems lost for a relationship or for uh, confidence, just communicating how you do things and why you think things goes a really long way, right? If nothing happened last night, at least the American people, after watching Donald Trump get killed in the media of the past 60 days or so, you can see, or 40 days, you can, you can see just how quickly people just want us to communicate with them. But you learn, we learned a few things throughout this period of time, right? We learned about the people how it's all about the people, and you need to get the trust of the people, and how the politics and the political class has really lost the faith of the everyday person, and that's why Donald Trump is who he is, because he's the blunt instrument that's trying to break down the class that has lost the trust. What he tried to do last night was actually regain the trust. We learned about the power of perception, the perceiving something to be strong and confident, and what that does to the economy, and what that does to the, to, the, to the country, and the power of gratitude, saying thank you for things, especially people that sacrifice them for you, whether that sacrifice is life and limb or just you know, time and dedication, and showing someone the purpose of their pain. But most importantly, I think one of the things that I hope we take away is the power of a story and what that means for us and how stories, I know that Glenn speaks about this a lot, it's true. Stories are what make us, stories are what connect us. So tell your story and hear someone else's story, because that's how we're going to become the nation that we're meant to be. It's Charlie Harari thanking you for the time, the attention. Thank you, Buck, for giving me the chance. And you're always, it's an honor. Really, it is. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show, and this is The Blaze Radio Network. Have a great day.
0: sexton show only on the blaze radio network